0: Some businesses might need that detailed training manual that includes the 357 pages that I wrote. 90% of businesses don't need that. And even if you do think you need that, start with a one-pager because it'll give you a good outline.
1: Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with... Benj Miller. And today we are excited to welcome uh, Ryan Giles. Ryan is an author and a certified EOS implementer. Ryan, welcome to Tractionville. Thanks for having me today, guys. Glad to be here. So Ryan, you know, a while back, you did a really nice gesture um, for not just the us community but the world you know you had uh, during this whole covid thing you know we we all have had some spare time on our hands and 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 uh you certainly weren't idle and you posted this asset i think you posted it on linkedin and it really that's what really caught my eye at first and i thought wow that was such a generous thing to do uh, even before i looked at or opened it up i just thought wow that's really cool And uh, so I thought we'd kind of start, you know, there, if you want to share kind of what was going on in your world at that time and why did you do what you did? Sure. So actually, uh, like you mentioned, timing was perfect. I, um,
0: back in my pre EOS days, uh, I owned an IT company for 15 years and in the early days of that IT company, um, I had some clients who kept kept calling and asking for the same technician. Hey, we want Jimmy to come out. And the first few times that happened, I was proud of myself. I like, hey, I, I'm a great hire. <laughs> I hired a great person. I'm, I'm really good at this. And uh, pretty quickly, though, I realized I had a problem. I only had one Jimmy. They wanted Jimmy, but I only had one Jimmy. And uh, no matter how much I asked him to, <laughs> I couldn't have him. You know, he couldn't work 24 hours a day. So I started calling and asking these clients, like, what is it about Jimmy that you love? And I realized they didn't really want Jimmy. They wanted Jimmy results. They wanted to feel like they felt when he left, they wanted to know that their problems were resolved, uh, that we wouldn't have to come back out the next day to to fix something that wasn't addressed properly. And so I realized at that moment, I didn't need to have Jimmy work 24 hours a day. I needed to create more Jimmys. And the way to do that was processes. And that was my first realization that uh, I needed to be better at creating processes. A uh, good processes would help me to deliver that predictable service that clients wanted. Doing that turns out also led to happier employees, which at the end of the day led to more money. And you know, it, it took me a long time. I think I made every mistake in the world. I, so I'm a nine fact finder on Colby. So I love the idea of writing processes. I, for a year, I would go home every night. Grab my laptop, and just hammer away. 357 pages later, I had my entire business documented. I was so proud of it, and not a single employee followed a single page. <laughs> and so I realized, what am I doing wrong here? Well, there were a lot of things. First, kind of weigh-in equals buy-in. Even though I had done every job in the business and I knew how it should be done, I didn't give people a chance to weigh in. And so they didn't buy-in very well. Another thing, I love the Thomas Jefferson quote, he says, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. I realized that, you know, some of my processes were 20, 30. I had a 40 pager each. And when you've got one process that's 40 pages long, it was almost a full-time job just keeping it updated. In fact, that, <laughs> one was a, that, that one was a Microsoft process. I finished it a week later. You know, they changed the button from green to blue. And I, oh, I got to go rewrite my process and change my screenshots because now the button's a different color. And, uh, So that was when I realized, okay, I've learned some lessons. How can I share these? And it was at the, I I finished it just as COVID was hitting. And as I was talking to clients, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks after COVID was was alive, uh, they were telling me, hey, we're having to send employees home. We don't know how long. I'm like, well, don't waste this quarantine. Uh, use Use it for process creation. And So we had some great rocks come out of those discussions, some great processes created. Uh, and so it kind of jump-started this process discussion that a lot of clients were, were ready to have.
2: So what do you, what's the kind of the key takeaways then? Of, I love the title of your book from your stories called The Jimmy Effect, and we'll put that in the show notes so people can, can grab that. And, and not only is it good content, it's beautifully illustrated, uh, but what, give us some of those key learnings, takeaways as you're advising people not to do 40-page process documents. What does that look like?
0: Yeah, I would say to begin with, don't do what I did. Don't think that I'm the owner. I know best. I'll write the process and they'll follow it. I see that all the time. Um, Especially, you know, high D personalities. They think they know the right way. There's only one way to do it. So don't figure out or don't, don't assume that you have to do this on your own. In fact, it's much better if you get help. Uh, keep it short. My rule, uh, because I was so far the other way, my rule at my office was they have to be one page or less. And it took a lot more time to write those one pages than it did. To, I know it's hard to believe, but it took more time to figure out what do we keep, what do we cut? But it forced us to get really clear on the 80 20 rule. and that's that's another good a good point. I wasn't hiring a McDonald's French fry, and listen, I've been a McDonald's French fry cook back in the day, so no, no, no speaking down to that, but I wasn't hiring right. a McDonald's French fry cook to come in and install a server at a client. I had people who were already intelligent, and so while some businesses might need that detailed training manual that includes the 357 pages that I wrote, 90% of businesses don't need that. And even if you do think you need that, start with a one pager because it will give you a good outline. So create a one pager. Uh, I would say next, sit down as a team before you start writing it or before your team members start writing it and figure out the goal. So I actually, one of our, one of our thoughts that turned out to be a pretty good idea, we started every process with what's our goal? For example, we had a sales process And we said, we need every salesperson selling $3,000 in recurring revenue a month. That was the goal. And then the four, five, six sets of steps under that, well, that's up for our sales manager and the sales team to write. Uh, So we made the goal, we, we used a dark black font, and then the steps were all in dark gray. And that was to visually let us know, the steps are, we can update those. In fact, as we hire better people, as technology improves, as we're smarter, We assume that our processes will change. In fact, they better be changing. Uh, We don't wanna be left behind. So the goal couldn't change unless we as a team agreed that the goal changed. But once the goal was in place, we could then write out the steps, how do we get that? And we always finished every process. The last step was update as needed. And so every process also had an owner. For example, Nikki might own the sales process because she was the sales manager. And if you're thinking about that accountability chart, think about your managers are, are owning the process, your mid-level managers are really driving it and then your frontline staff really following it. But I want people to know, I want, every, I want from our frontline staff up to our managers. I want everybody to feel comfortable bringing up suggestions and recommendations. And if you've worked at another business that does this, we assume you're going to know some things better than we know. And, and right. in fact, that's you know humility. People sometimes say, Ryan, when it comes to core values, is there a core value that you see in all leadership teams? And I used to say no, but I will say after going back and analyzing a whole lot of values on some great teams, I've seen humility come up again and again and again, uh, among great leadership teams, not saying you have to have humility to be a great team, but it's amazing how many great teams have some flavor of humility in their core values. So that's one of the things I wanted to impart to my team. Like, listen, every single person on this planet can teach you something. Everybody, even that McDonald's Dallas French fry cook knows something you don't know. So yeah. be ready to listen to that. So, uh, so ending every, process with you know update is needed. Every process had an owner. And just to make sure we didn't forget to update a process and to really drive home the, the EOS concept of FBA followed by all, one quarter a year, we had a quarterly theme around processes. In fact, we were nerds, of course, and I was probably the biggest nerd there. So uh, we had a quarterly theme our first quarter and uh, Pokemon was just coming out. And so one of the guys on the team, he did a little graphic for us called documon it was about documenting our process and make sure we were following them, and to have a we wanted to have a trophy that every week we could pass from employee to who could, who, who best demonstrated following our processes that week. And so we found a, um, a statue of Spock from Star Trek, and so we spent some money on this really nice Spock statue because we said, hey, processes—they're just logical. And so every <laughs> week, every week, I know it's super, super nerdy. But every week an employee got that trophy and then it was their job the next week to to, uh, pass the trophy to the next employee who had best illustrated uh, our processes. And then at the end of the quarter, uh, we had a big party and we voted who got to keep the trophy uh, and then we started our theme for the next. So we were big quarterly theme guys and uh, we made sure one quarter a year was always our process. We were generally slower in our first quarter of the year so it was a great time to do a deep dive
1: into processes. Being an integrator can feel lonely, like you're on an island by yourself. Female integrator mastermind, FIM, believes integrators are fierce, dynamic, and powerful leaders. If you're ready to step off of lonely integrator island, join this abundant-minded integrator community of over 100 female leaders who are making a tremendous impact on each other's personal and professional development while propelling their companies forward. We're hosting our third annual FIMS Women's Summit on November 5th, 2020. All female integrators, members and non-members alike, are invited to join us for a day of content-rich material that's full of golden nuggets. Speakers include certified EOS implementer Sue Hawks, emotional intelligence guru Mary Pat Knight, and there'll be 10 breakout sessions led by fellow integrators. You won't want to miss an opportunity to learn from powerful peers who are making a significant impact with their companies and teams. Register today at 2020.fimsummit.com and enter promo code TRACTIONVILLE to receive a $50 coupon off of your summit registration until October 25th.
2: So the the very first principle you started with is the get help. I know the idea of delegation is something else you're passionate about. Tell us how you're thinking about that these days, how you're helping companies get over that hurdle.
0: Yeah, I I love the EOS Delegate and Elevate tool. You know, back in my previous life and for my first few years as an implementer, I thought it was a great tool to teach. You taught it one time, they got it, and you never addressed it again. Uh, And what I've realized now over the past year or two is that it's really a tool that you need to use every single quarter. If you're a leader, or heck, if you're an EOS implementer, you should be using that tool on yourself every quarter. Because I'll tell you, I've got three more books in my head, I've got all these other ideas, but I can't do that unless I give up something else. Yep. And so uh, unless I want my wife mad at me because I'm working 75 hours a week, I've gotta drop something to pick something else, so I should be delegating. And so going through that Delegate and Elevate tool, You know, it's 2020. And as a former IT guy, software automation can help you so much. I've literally spent ten bucks a month on Zapier and saved myself, you know, twenty hours a quarter. So just little little things like that can can go a long way. And also the perfectionist mindset. I was talking to a business owner just last week, and he's like, "Nobody's going to do it like I like I do." And I said, "That's a good thing." You know, the first uh, I, I need to write another book called "The Annie Effect" about delegation. My I used to be the procurement person at my company. I was the integrator, but I was also procurement. And my goal was to—if you needed a, a new server or a desktop or a laptop—my goal was to get you back that quote within a week. And if I got it to you in a week, I was thinking I was doing a great job. And I realized that to delegate into my my higher, my higher goals, my higher actions, I had to drop. I had to get rid of that seat. And I like that seat. I'm a numbers guy. I like the details but I couldn't, I couldn't own them both and do a great job. So I hired somebody uh, and there's a great book called The 40 Hour Work Year by Scott Fritz. And he talks about processes and delegation. And uh, he said, listen, if you can hire somebody and they can do it 70% as good as you, give it to them. Because chances are, you're doing 25 things. They're only gonna be doing one thing. It's not long, they're going to be doing it as good as you as you were. And that proved mm-hmm. to be so true. When I hired Annie, she was probably 70% as good as I was. Within a couple of months, she was as good. And a few more months, she was twice as good. And when I sold the business, she generally had a quote out within 60 minutes. I was shooting for five days, she was getting it out in an hour. And by doing it, our sales increased so much, she paid for herself and a crazy amount of profit above that. People bought more because we had the process, I'm sorry, because we had the quote to them in a timely manner. And it was all about me giving up that control. But I think a lot of people too, I thought I was bad at delegation in the early days because I tried this a few times before Annie. Turns out I was great at delegation. I was really bad at hiring. I hired some people that didn't GWC it. Uh, They didn't get it, they didn't want it, they didn't have the capacity to do it. And because of that, I thought, I just can't delegate this, it's too complicated. No, I just had the wrong who. I had hired the wrong person. So I think the first step with effective delegation is hire slow and hire well. So you gotta hire for the right seat once you get that person in there, you can't just, there's a difference between delegation and advocation. You can't just throw it all at them and say, good luck. You know, right. you, have to, you have to train them. Once you're training them, you have to give clear expectations. I was the, the owner I was talking to last week said, well, I told him how to do it. And so I said, well, hold on, let's stop. Let's call them in here. And I said, what do you think you were supposed to do? They explained it in a completely different way than the owner expected. So I think when you're talking to an employee about, hey, I need you to do this, a, I, I better see them taking notes, and B, I want them explaining it back to me in their own words to make sure we're on the same page. Once they are, you got to give them a clear deadline, and you go ahead and set that meeting to check up on it. Uh, don't micromanage. I, little, listen, I was the I was the recovering perfectionist, recovering micromanager. I literally had my ops manager once say, Ryan, you're in here telling me I need to make this an eight-point font instead of nine-point font. You're, that's great. And I was that guy I would stand over her shoulder and tell her font size to use on the spreadsheet. I was that guy. Um, you can't do that. If you do that, you're going to demoralize people and you're just going to waste a lot of time. But I think if you set clear expectations, you have the employee kind of uh, regurgitate back to you, this is what I'm going to do, summarize it. You set um, a date to check up on it and then let them know, listen, come to me if you have issues. And in the early days, they're going to have a lot of questions. That's part of the training process. But over time, you're coaching them up. And and listen, I was a preacher. I would sit there and tell you, do this, this, and this. And I would expect them to walk out the door and go do it. I started learning to be a better coach and ask questions. Well, how would you do this? What do you think about that? Why do you think the, the, the client responded that way? What should we do differently next time? The goal here, you know, kind of back to the one minute manager meets the monkey. That's their monkey. You got to get the, man, the, the monkey back on their back. So when they walk out the door, it's back on them. You're, you're not doing the work. They're doing the work. It takes a little bit more time, but you'll get much better results in the,
2: in the end. Ryan, why do you think this is so
0: hard for people? Oh, I think it's habits. I think we've always done it this way. The, the owner I was talking to last week. He has done this for you know, 17 years, and he likes things a certain way, and he, he, he's gotta break some habits. He, you know, he, he's working to midnight every night, and he's back at the office at 7 a.m., and I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. And a little bit, I think he enjoys it. I think he's addicted to work, but that's because I think he hasn't seen what else is out there. You know, he's got three kids and a wife that loves him, and they took a vacation recently for the first time in a long time, and he, he said it felt weird, and I'm like, but did it feel good? Yes, it also felt very good. So I think when you when you remind yourself, there's things besides work, you know, the, the, the old saying, you know, nobody's on their deathbed saying, I wish I spent more time at the office. Uh, so yeah. you got to go out there and live. And I hope that's one thing that has been a silver lining for COVID. We've had some more time with our family, sometimes maybe too much time with our family. <laughs> but I hope we're realizing that there's more than just eight to five, that life is more than just work uh work should be a tool work should be a means to an end it's not why we exist um and you know if you're if you're regretting monday mornings you know if you hate going to your office find you a job that you enjoy
2: yeah I'm. I'm you know you've got on your screen there the, the eos saying of get what you want from your business and um i think you're right i think people lied into feeling trapped and not you know not using the same visionary skills that we apply to the business to apply to our own roles and say all right if i want to envision myself with a different life or a different situation i'm gonna to have to create a pathway to get there and fill that gap and most of the time it requires me changing me
0: i'll say the only other point i'd say on the book on the jimmy effect book one of the things that i found a lot of companies, you know we always say well train people fba and i felt that a lot of people didn't know what to do And so I made sure I included, you know, 17, some tips, some real world, like this is some way, these are some ways you can really push these down throughout the organization. Uh, So that was, that might be the most important page or two in the book that, you know, the 17 FBA tips.
2: That does sound really practical. We'll put that in the show notes. Where can they learn about Ryan Giles, the implementer? Yeah,
0: Uh, ryangiles.com or tractionstrong.com. And there is a free link at the bottom to download the book. Or if the book's in the show notes, that works well too. Um, I think the optimized PDF is about four megs. So if you don't have that one, I can
2: shoot it over to you. Sounds good. Leave us with one bit of wisdom, guidance. What's on your heart? What would you want to speak out over Tractionville today?
0: Yeah, thinking about processes, I would, I would say some people think that processes uh, are their handcuffs. And really they're not, they're, they're the key. They're, they're how you set yourself free. Once you have processes in place, it really gives you permission. In fact, I've, I've been working with a client for about a year on their processes really hard. And I talked to the owner a few days ago. He said, man, I have a big problem related to processes. So what is it? He said, I'm bored. He said, everything's running so well. Like what do I do next? And he's serious. He said, I need something to do. He said, I feel like I'm I coming to the office. I'm going to cause trouble. Uh, and so it's a, it's a interesting place to be in. So processes are there to set us free, not to hold us back. Uh, so if you, and if you think your processes are good, uh, just check around the office. You know, one of the concepts I love is the, the gimbal walk concept, that Japanese concept of being where the work is. So just spend some time in your organization as a leader, half of your time should be LMA. So just hang out, hang out where the work happens, ride right along with some of your key people. See how they're functioning. See if the process is really being followed. And if they're not ask. hey, is there a better way to do it?
2: That's amazing. That's Great advice. All right, Ryan, thank you, Tractionville. I hope you upped your game today and gave you some tools to delegate well and to create some processes in your business that can ultimately set you free. Uh, And that's what we're here for. So we will see you next week for Tractionville
1: Tuesday.